And with that, welcome to the Push to Pass podcast. That was Josh's choice for opening music. That was uh, not mine. So hopefully uh, Josh is able to get uh, some uh, audio. I think he may be having uh, audio issues. Um, I did hear the uh, the show opener. Uh, hopefully Josh is able to... Um, uh, to hear that as well, and I think we yep just got uh, confirmation that uh, he did. Uh, he's getting audio now, so that's definitely a uh, good thing. But uh, yes, like I said, that was uh, that was Josh's uh, choice for the uh, opener, uh, not mine. So hopefully everyone uh, enjoyed it. But uh, uh, Josh, uh, we are back uh, for another another week, uh, another episode here. We are going across the border. Uh, this north weekend, of the border, uh, eh? North, north of the border, eh? Not, not me and you, uh, but the uh, NTT oh. IndyCar Series is going uh, north of the border there to uh, to Toronto. I know that's your home away from home uh, for the uh, uh, Honda uh, Indy two or Honda Indy Toronto, I believe is what that is called. Uh, we'll we'll discuss that uh, a lot in in detail, obviously, uh, as the show unfolds, and then uh, obviously we'll have uh, Mike here. Uh, towards uh, towards the end, um, to uh, look at some of the uh, betting lines uh, for for this weekend and, and to preview that. But uh, Josh, like I said, glad to be back, and it's another week uh, of racing. And like you said, uh, a uh, we are going uh, north of the border. As I see, you got your hockey jersey on just to uh, just to set the mood there. Uh, got your hockey jersey on, uh, ready to go to, uh, to to Toronto this weekend. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Uh, north of the border. Uh... I wish I was up there. You know, Toronto here is a, a beautiful place to go to. Uh, when sometime I'll be able to ever get up there, uh, get to the Hockey Hall of Fame, and uh, <clears throat> maybe get up there and uh, go see this race one 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 year. Uh, got my passport already. Uh, we need Derek to get his, and we can uh, we can make the trek up there. Yeah, that uh, that would be uh, that would be quite uh, interesting uh, if you uh, if you recall uh, just a few weeks ago, I was just one body of water away uh, from Canada up in uh, up in Detroit, and uh, I know I told I know I told Josh this, but I have to say I was kind of uh, uh um what's the word what's the word I'm looking for here um I don't know not, not innocent maybe but but dumbfounded that. At Detroit was so close to Canada. I, I had no idea that it was literally right across the uh, Detroit uh, Detroit River. There, I had, uh, had no idea until I got there. I was like, "Wow, I didn't know it was that close." I should have the whole the big uh, Canadian flag probably should have uh, should have tipped me off uh, there, but uh, didn't realize how how close uh, uh, Detroit was. So uh, right across the uh, right across the river. There, right across uh, the river is uh, is Canada, and the first thing you see right there, you see the the big uh, Caesar's Palace. Uh, if you've ever been to uh, uh, to Detroit, that's what you see. But uh, getting back, uh, let's take a look, Josh. Um, well, before we do the the track map, um, have you had an opportunity uh, to look at any highlights of last year's race? I know it's been a few years um, uh, since any car did go to uh, to Detroit for uh, this, that, and the other. Uh, able to uh, take a look, a preview uh, of, of the track and, and the race last year, and, and did you see anything? Uh, you were showing me highlights earlier. Uh, it was an exciting race. It was packed. Uh, I know there was uh, 
I believe they had, they had been on hiatus for a year or two and they had not been back to Toronto and the uh, Canadian faithful showed up and uh, showed out for, for IRL, um, <clears throat> you know, NTT bringing, bringing, uh, bringing it back to the, uh, bringing it back to the country, bringing it back to the uh, nicest country in the world. Um, it, it, the fans showed up, showed out and they were, it was an exciting race from what I, from the, um, highlights that you had showed me i know we're going to watch highlights at the end of the end of this podcast show it so that we can get a uh, feel for how it's going to be uh can't wait uh once again another track i can sit down and watch and um i haven't actually looked at the layout but uh i'm, I'm anticipating some uh some hard hitting uh hard hitting driving Yeah, definitely uh, can't wait uh, for this weekend. Always exciting week uh, when we have uh, uh, racing to uh, to talk about. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's take a look at the track layout uh, that we're going to have here this weekend uh, up in up in Toronto uh, for the uh, the Honda Indy uh, Toronto race that you see the uh, track there track map uh, there up on screen. Uh, for everyone, I know it does say 2022. Uh, not a lot of changes uh, between uh, this year and last year. Uh, it is a uh, 85 lap, 151.81 mile race. Uh, the tight 11 turn, 1.786 mile exhibition place street circuit offers great views of downtown Toronto, often leads to cars attempting to squeeze past each other in different turns many times only one car can make it through unscathed the long front stretch as you see leading into the princess gate at turn one and then lakeshore boulevard not in chicago but lakeshore boulevard straight leading into a hard 90 degree right hand turn in turn number three is the best place for overtaking uh taking a look at the uh, the weekend schedule. Now, keep in mind that the uh, NTT IndyCar Series is the only one that is going to be in Toronto this weekend. No Indy Next. So it's just the NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, all of the, uh, the schedule for this weekend uh, can be found on Peacock. And then if you are away from your television, away from Peacock, and you do have Sirius XM satellite radio, uh, you can always go to IndyCar Radio there on Sirius XM and find uh, all of the broadcasts there as well. Uh, starting uh, kicking things off on Friday, July 14th at 3 p.m. is practice number one. And then uh, following uh, Saturday, a lot of events take place there on Saturday first at 10.35 a.m. in the morning. Again, these are all uh, Eastern Standard Times. We have practice number two. And then uh, the crews have a little bit of time to uh, get the cars trimmed out and ready for qualification. Is the first round, first group of qualification starts at 2.50 p.m. And then following that will be qualifications uh, round two, group number two, and those will kick off officially around 3.15 p.m. Uh, qualifying round two uh, will follow that uh, around uh, 3.40 p.m. And then you'll have the Firestone Fast Six. Again, all of these uh, events there on Saturday. 
And uh, the Fast Six obviously uh, will determine uh, who sits on pole uh, for this race on Sunday. Uh, the Fast, the Firestone Fast Six is scheduled to start around 4:05 p.m. And then on Sunday you have the the pregame warm up uh, for uh, for the NTT IndyCar Series. That's going to kick off at. 10 15 a.m and then uh, about a few hours later about three hours three and a half hours uh give or take uh, later is the drop of the green flag for the honda indy toronto and that's officially supposed to kick off at 1 45 p.m again uh, all of the uh practices qualifications warm-up and race uh, are on peacock uh you don't have if you don't have peacock or uh you are away from your television uh flip it over to sirius xm satellite radio indycar radio uh, we'll have all of the events there as well uh taking a look at some of the uh past winners uh, of this race uh scott dixon was last year's winner uh simon pagino in 2019 uh, interesting news coming up uh, about uh, the aforementioned there, Simon Pagenaud, and we talked about uh, 2019 due to COVID. Uh, the NTT IndyCar Series did not run in Toronto in 2020 or in 2021. Uh, Scott Dixon uh, took the uh, took the race in 2018. Uh, Joseph Newgarden 2017. Will Power 2016. Uh, Joseph Newgarden again 2015. Uh, Scott Dixon 2013. Uh, Ryan Hunter Ray, uh, 2012, Will Power, 2010, Will Power, 2007, and then uh, that uh, that does it for all of the uh, active drivers. So, uh, hopefully, uh, that uh, that gets everyone uh, caught up as to what we're looking at in in Toronto. Obviously, uh, we'll talk more about this um, when uh, when Mike joins us. Uh, but uh, Josh, I know this, this is a race, like you said, in the open there, uh, a little unfamiliar with, uh, haven't really seen a whole lot. Uh, but, uh, you know, going through some of the, uh, some of the specifics of the track, uh, mileage and then, uh, previous winners or, uh, uh, prior winners. Uh, so to say anybody jump off the, the page there that, uh, you might be looking, uh, to, to pick, uh, I know we forgot to do a pick for, uh, for the last or two weeks ago's uh, race, and I have the updated standings uh, for that. Uh, but anybody uh, jump off the page uh, initially um, that uh, you may be putting some money on this weekend? Uh, you mean outside of uh, outside of Palo? Um, I'm 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 going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to go. Wow, with really, Palo. really going out on really going out on a limb there. I mean, if you're the uh, if you're the '85 Bears, I mean, you, you, the only lost one game. I mean, you, you, if you'd have bet on the '85 Bears every game except for that one, you'd have won money. So uh, why not go with the hot hand? But um, I mean, I, I, that's an easy pick. But um, I really think uh, Scott Dixon. Uh, I think he'll have a. Uh, I think he'll have a good weekend this weekend. He's um, he's been able to. Uh, uh, be consistent uh, of of all of the drivers. You know him and Erickson have been uh, probably the two other two other uh, most consistent drivers uh, this season uh, outside of Polo. Um, I've kind of given up on award. Uh, he just can't, like we've said, he just can't seem to get out of his own way. Um, but uh, those are my other two. Those are my two, uh, as you would call them, dark horses. I would say. Um, 
Erickson and uh, and Dixon because they're just they're they're hanging around they're hanging around in the top uh, top of the top of the uh, leaderboard and the charts uh, during the races but uh, they just can't seem to catch Polo. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to catch him, but uh, if I had to take two dark horses this week, uh, dark horses, uh, that would be Erickson and uh, and Dixon. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, I think I think first and foremost, how can you? And again, you know, going out on a limb here, you know, how can you bet against um, bet against uh, Alex Pillow right now? Um, he dominated the the IMS road course, um, and if it wasn't for uh, a accident uh, coming off of of pit road, um, Alex Pillow probably wins the five hundred, not uh, not Joseph Newgarden. And then uh, a week later in the streets of Detroit, uh, Alex Pillow again, and, and this is going to sound like a broken record. Uh, Alex Pillow uh, not only takes the pull for that race, but dominates uh, that race, and then. Uh, following uh, Detroit uh, was what Mid Ohio, I believe, and I may be skipping one in between there. Uh, well, I guess I can look on the, uh, uh, the um, Road America. The, the, here Road we go. America. Here we go. Look at the yeah. Look at the the race picks right here. Um, Alex Pillow dominates the uh, Indy Road Course, which uh, you know, look who picked him there. And then uh, if it wasn't for a mishap coming off the pits in the 500, you're probably looking at Alex Pillow winning that there as well. And then one week later, uh, dominating at Detroit, not only capturing the pole uh, for Detroit, but uh, dominating that uh, race as well. And then you had uh, Road America, um, which I did. He he didn't win Road America, did he? Yes, he did. He Remember, made, yeah, he, he did. He did win. He yes. has won. Yes. He has won one, two, three. He's. I think. I believe he's won uh, four of the last five. Yes, that is that is true. Road America, uh, the Indianapolis Road Course Race, Detroit Road America, Mid Ohio. Yes, so he dominates at at Road America, and then the uh, you know, uh, well, no, I what it was a at Road America wasn't it was a gaff. It was. Uh, uh, Herta had the lead, but his uh, fuel strategy kind of backfired on him. So that's what give Alex Pillow the win there. And then uh, obviously uh, he dominates at, at Mid Ohio as well. So, you know, obviously uh, you got to put a little coin on, on Alex Pillow. Now, can he keep up this winning streak? I mean, we, we don't know. Uh, but uh, when it comes to street and road courses, uh, you can't, you can't count out the Spaniard. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I would, you know, I would love to. I would absolutely love to put uh, some scratch on on Pato Award, but unfortunately, until he figures out how to get out of his own way, uh, I, I I don't think you can. Um, I, I want to. I absolutely want to because you know that that was my pick at the beginning of the year, obviously to win uh, to win the whole enchilada and to win the five hundred. He was eight laps away from that, but uh, unless you know, unless he has a resurgence here in the second half and, and Alex below, you know, chokes it away in, in the ninth inning. So to say, that's probably not going to happen, but like I said, I would love to put money on below, but it's just, it's just so risky. Cause you don't know what you're going to get with him or not. Excuse me. Oh. You just don't, you know what, you don't know what you're going to get with award. Sorry. You don't know what you're going to get uh, with award. Um, you know, somebody else, I think that that could be a dark horse here. And, and Michael probably disagree with this. Um, 
if he could ever finish a race and not wreck is Roman Grosjean. As much as it pains me to say that, because I'm not I'm not a huge Roman Grosjean fan, <clears throat> but he can it seems throughout the whole race he can stay he can stay up to the front, but it's just he has again it's a lapse in judgment or or he shoots himself in the foot like Pato Award does, and he ends up wrecking or wrecking somebody else and taking himself out uh, as well. That's somebody else I would love to put money on, but I just can't. You know, you, you, it, it's like throwing a Pato Award and, and Roman Grosjean are just you're throwing a dart is what you're doing. You're, you're throwing an absolute dart and hoping you hit on it. So. Um, but, yeah, the sure thing, obviously, I mean, you know, you ride, ride the hot hand, uh, you know, take you, know, you ride the hot hand, obviously. And that's uh, and that's Alex Pillow. And I'm sure, you know, Michael talk about that here when he comes on in about 20 minutes uh, or so. Uh, we will look at we'll look at the race uh, these race picks here. Um, I've completely, uh, you know, crapped the bed, so to say. Let's uh, let's put it mildly for the for the kids watching or listening. Um, but uh, these are the race picks that we've uh, we've picked so far this year. Uh, I had to give everyone uh, the Mid Ohio because um, I was so busy that uh, I forgot to uh, put it out or even ask it who who everybody's pick was. So. Uh, RC gets on the board, obviously right there with one. Uh, Josh is is firmly in the lead um, with about eight races left to go. Uh, he's got uh, he's got seven wins. Uh, me, on the other hand, um, again, you see the the Homer in me. I don't know how many times Pato Award pops up there. Uh, and again, that five hundred stings me because he would have won that. He was eight laps away from winning that. Um, with, with three, so definitely I have some I have some ground to make up here uh, as we get the uh, second half of the season underway there at uh, at uh, at Toronto. Uh, some interesting news, uh, Josh, that uh, that we have seen here, uh, especially uh, today. We'll go over to the uh, the news uh, portion uh, of this. I know we're kind of doing this kind of. Uh, jumping ahead here a little bit, uh, but uh, we couldn't get any driver interviews uh, this week. That's uh, it's a real shame, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, some content uh, after the race on Sunday. But, um, you know, we talked about uh, last week the horrendous crash involving uh, Simon Pagano. And, uh, you know, we, we give credit, obviously, to uh, to Delara uh, and, and the aero screen for, you know, pretty much saving uh, you know, Simon Pagano's life or maybe not paralyzing him, um, I think. And it, it sounded like all, all intense, uh, all indications were um, that uh, obviously Simon wasn't going to race on Sunday, uh, but he was going to be with a week off, um, be able to go and race in Toronto uh, this weekend. Uh, but about, uh, what, what was it, Josh? About two o'clock, I think, uh, this afternoon, I, I believe if memory serves me correctly, uh, Simon Pagano uh, puts this uh, out on uh, on Twitter, uh, which I think uh, caught everyone by surprise. Uh, after going through further medical evaluation this week under the care of the uh, IndyCar medical team, I have not been cleared to race. 
while I feel good, I am still recovering with back-to-back races. There just wasn't enough time to allow my body to fully recover uh, in time to compete this weekend. I will continue to follow the medical team's recommendations as I get back. Uh, I can, So I can be back racing soon. Thank you, everyone, for your support. So... That was put out on Twitter. Uh, I think actually, you know, I think it was a little bit, uh, a little bit later. I, I want to say it might have been around uh, three o'clock or so, uh, as we were uh, leaving work today. Maybe, maybe four o'clock. I don't, I don't recall. And I know you said specifically. Um, I wonder if that's going to open the door for the uh, second race in a row uh, for uh, Connor Daly to step in that number. Uh, 60 uh, entry there uh, this weekend. But before we get to that, and who's going to drive that? Um, you know, it is, it's, it's sad to see that, uh, Simon isn't going to be able to, uh, race this weekend. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine the toll, uh, you know, height, uh, you know, d- doing what, uh, Simon did barrel rolling six and a half times the toll that it takes on someone's body. Uh, but uh, again, unfortunately, um, the uh, IndyCar medical staff, which I imagine they do great work. Um, decided that they were not going to clear uh, Simon to uh, to race this weekend. Uh, Josh, before we uh, talk about who's going to take the spot, and and this is actually somebody, if you haven't seen, uh, that you broke news on uh, a few weeks ago that may be in that number 60 entry uh, next year. Uh, but your thoughts on uh, Simon taking another week off? Uh, tough decision. I know, uh, I know Simon wanted to race. Um, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know him, but in my heart of hearts, I believe he was, uh, he, he wanted to race and he probably did everything he could to, uh, to try to get himself medically cleared. But, um, you know, as, uh, as medical technology, uh, progresses more and more and evolves, um, you know, we think, they have, uh, just like in any other sport, they have uh, they have advanced to where they're not just going to throw these drivers out there um, willy-nilly, you know, just because they want to go out there. Um, they, they're gonna they're gonna take their their health, their well-being, and their health into it. Because let's face it, uh, these drivers are big investments, and if you go out there and let's say. Let's. I don't know if it's a concussion or he has some something wrong uh, with his body because you know it, it's kind of weird. You would say he said his body is not not recovering as well if it was a, a head injury, but I mean I guess it's his head is part of his body. But I'm thinking it's a concussion. So um, you can't you can't just stick somebody back out there and uh, and endanger the lives of the other drivers because I don't know if you've ever had a concussion, but um, you're after after the concussion you're not fully right for at least about a month or so afterwards i mean you may be able to function cognitively but you're not you have lapse in lapse in um mental stability as i would say it uh you know you could you could be doing something and just forget all of a sudden forget what you're doing and and just go into a fog and that's not good for the other drivers so I commend uh, Simon for um, for for accepting this decision and not pushing to be able to uh, drive. Um, and I commend the uh, NTT medical staff for uh, doing their due diligence and making sure that Simon was fully 100% uh, ready to go. 
and uh, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll be back in a couple weeks when we um, is, is I believe Iowa's up next. He'll he'll be back for the doubleheader. Uh, so maybe this, maybe this week off, this extra week off will help him, but, uh, I know he's got to be disappointed. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I think disappointment is obviously a, um, a, a understatement, I think to, uh, uh, to say the least. Uh, but obviously if, if that's what, you know, if that's what all indications are, are pointing to, and again, you know, we don't know if if you know if Pagano did uh, did end up having a concussion after that. And to answer uh, your question, I've actually I've been pretty lucky, I think, to uh, to say the least, we're not being able to um, to get one of those. And you know, not only do you have to, you know, as you said, as you pointed out, you know, not only does the uh, IndyCar medical team have to look out for uh, Simon and, and his best interest, obviously, past racing. Uh, but I think they also have to do they have an obligation to uh, look at, as you said, to look out for the safety of the drivers and, you know, not knowing how, you know, Simon's going to react in the uh, in the uh, the car this weekend, you know, going around those uh, those turns at, at, at such high rate of speed, you know, how that's going to affect him. So um, you know, having him sit out, not clearing him and, and having him sit out for another week is probably erring on the side of caution. Uh, so obviously can't uh, fault uh, the uh, IndyCar medical staff, obviously, uh, for that. But uh, with all of that uh, being said, uh, there does have to be a driver in that number 60 entry uh, this weekend. And, and, and Josh talked about this and broke this uh, a few weeks back that uh, they could potentially be looking elsewhere. Uh, the Meyer Shank racing uh, next year uh, for their IndyCar team. And well, uh, quick, uh, quick audition for this gentleman. Um, I know he races, uh, their, their car there for the, uh, 24 hours at Daytona, I guess the Rolex, uh, 24, I guess. Uh, but, uh, uh, Tom Bloomquist, I believe is, is that gentleman's name. Uh, he is going to be stepping in and making his, uh, NTT, uh, IndyCar debut. Uh, on Friday in the number 60 uh, entry there for uh, Meyer Shank Racing. So, you know, um, if I remember correctly, I think he did test at at Laguna Seca uh, this year. And I'm trying to remember, and I, the only reason why I know he tested there is I seen the lap times on on Twitter. Now, I can't remember exactly now where um, uh, where I seen them at. And maybe when Mike comes in, I can... Uh, try to search them a little more in depth, uh, but he, he has been behind an Indy car before. Like I said, testing at uh, Laguna Seca that is a road course uh, compared to the street course that you're going to see in in Toronto. Uh, but uh, a quote from from Bloomquist, and this comes from uh, Racer.com. Marshall Pruitt, great work he does. Go check it out. But uh, talking about uh, the challenge that to Toronto is going to hold for him this weekend. Uh, Bloomquist just basically said, uh, "This is gonna. This is the hardest thing um, that you can do." So, uh, you know, somebody that uh, is inexperienced, Josh, obviously uh, making his debut uh, in, in Toronto on the uh, streets there in, in Toronto. I, I think uh, he's going to have a lot of eyeballs. I think uh, on him, especially if that news uh, that we talked about uh, last week uh, is accurate as to he's going to uh, uh, step into uh, full-time next year uh, outside of the 500, obviously, 
he's going to step full time next year in one of those Meyer Shank racing uh, entries there. Definitely uh, going to be a great audition for him. Uh, this begs a question: Why, why this week, and why didn't he? Uh, why did uh, why did they choose Connor Daly last week and not Connor Daly this week? Uh, I know we'll never know that, um, but uh, this is going to be it's going to be a good test for Bloomquist. Um, testing and driving in a actual race are two different things. Um, I mean, obviously. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'll keep an eye on him on uh, on the, over this weekend. See how he qualifies. Uh, if he qualifies high, you know, we were talking maybe maybe throw a couple a uh, couple shillings on him, a couple shekels for uh, maybe a top ten or a top five. But uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And uh, what that we never we don't even know we don't know how how long this injury for. Uh, Pagano is going to last. So, uh, I mean, it could last into a couple of races to bet, depending upon the severity of his injuries that we're uh, just speculating on. We don't know the actual injuries. So um, looking forward to seeing, seeing a new, seeing some new blood out there, uh, see what he can do um, and uh, hope a speedy and uh, fast recovery for uh, Pagano. But uh, this gives us a, uh, chance to get into uh get a glimpse of the future in what uh, Meyer Shank Racing's going to be putting out there next year on full-time basis. Yeah, it absolutely does and and for people that may be unfamiliar with with Tom Bloomquist if you don't uh, uh take part in in the uh, IMSA uh, Sports Car Championship, that's where uh Bloomquist has made his name. Uh, a young kid uh, born November 30th, 1993, so uh, a young lad. Uh, but the, the first thing I, I find very interesting is his uh, nationality, Josh, not to make this you know an issue, but Tom Bloomquist, is, his nationality is British, Sweden, and New, and, a New Zealand, and New Zealand. That's a very, very interesting. So, it, so he is a New Zealand-based, British-born, New Zealand-based, British-born, Swedish professional racing driver. So say that five times fast. Uh, like I said, he competes in the IMSA Sports Car Championship uh, with Meyershank Racing. Uh, Bloomquist uh, has also competed in the FIA World Endurance Championship with United Auto Sports in the LMP2 category. Uh, Bloomquist also won the 2022 and 2023 uh, 24 Hours of Daytona with Meyer Shank and the 2018 24 Hours of Spa with BMW Motorsport. Uh, he is the son of 1984 uh, Swedish World Rally Champion Stig Bloomquist and it raced under a Swedish ra Swedish racing license since uh, March of 2010. So uh, that is a little bit of, uh, of background there on uh, on Bloomquist. Uh, you know, not familiar, obviously, in, in racing, uh, but uh, little experience when it comes to uh, the NTT IndyCar series. So I, I think you're absolutely right when you said that uh, there's going to be uh, eyeballs, uh, obviously, to see how, how this young man does, uh, especially if if that news plays out that we talked about uh, last week, um, that he is going to uh, be a full-time driver there uh, for, for Meyer Shank in, in 2024. So 
Uh, definitely uh, a lot of storylines, I think, uh, you know, coming, it'll be uh, going into uh, Toronto, obviously, first and foremost, uh, like we said, uh, you know, can Alex Pillow continue to uh, dominate uh, this uh, 2023 uh, season? And who's it going to be? I think that's story number two is what driver is going to be able to um, uh, break up uh, the str- the stranglehold that uh, Alex Polo has on uh, on these tracks. It seems like uh, week in and week out, and then and then the third um, is going to be how uh, Tom Bloom or t- yeah, how Tom Bloomquist um, debuts uh, in this. Um, uh, race on on sunday in, in the series as a whole especially if he's going to uh, be racing full-time in 2024 and then uh, hopefully like you said uh, simon pagino uh, is able to get back on uh, on the mend uh, so to say because i uh, definitely want to see him uh, finish out uh, finish the season strong because uh, you know and, and he could be looking for a new seat next year um there's going to be i think there's going to be a lot of movement uh, Josh within the within the free agent pool in in the series uh, the silly season as as it's called uh, when everything's all said and done and I think um, the the driver entries that you see this year uh, for each team uh, due to or you know due to the pending free agents and some of the big names uh, that are on that list uh, at the end of the year um, I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of those names are going to be on different teams. Uh, next year so you're going to look at you, know, you look at the list now and it's going to be i think josh totally different obviously when that when we get when we open up at uh, uh st petersburg there at the end of february oh yeah uh more turnover than the nba i would say um you know just in listening to you over the last two seasons it seems like drivers are on the go you know daily well, not daily, but uh, yearly, that there's always speculation that this driver's going here and that driver's going there. And, you know, we've already we've already heard that Meyer Shank is going to uh, be uh, announcing probably a big announcement sometime in August of uh, what their uh, what their driving lineup's going to look like. Uh, I mean, we're speculating that Tom Bloomquist is going to be full time. And that there's going to be another driver coming from uh, one of the other teams that's going to come over and uh, and race for them. Um, and you know we we're still we're still on the edge of our seats, seeing if uh, if Polo uh, indeed is going to leave to go, leave uh, leave Chip Ganassi to head over to uh, over to uh, Zach Brown's uh, Arrow McLaren and what. Uh, what series he will be racing in? Will it be the NTT or will it, will he move up and go over to uh, F1 and see if he can dominate there as he's dominated here in NTT? Um, it's going to be interesting over the next couple couple of months uh, as the as the free agency uh, unfolds and who's going where and what are we going to do and what driver possibly could be left without a ride. Um, uh, I mean, that's all I got to say about that. I mean, I don't know exactly who all is going to be free agents, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, to see how it all pans out. And then I think the number one, if there is a top free agent in this class, uh, so to say, you can't you can't forget um, Marcus Erickson. Oh, he, yeah. he is going to be the, everyone is going to be gunning uh, for him. 
I think too for their uh, for their team to make their team uh, stronger. Can't uh, can't forget about him. Uh, one more piece of news, uh, Josh. We need to go over, and I completely uh, forgot about this. Um, the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum today uh, announced some new uh, renovations uh, that that they're going to uh, be making uh, to uh, to the museum. And I didn't know this number uh, till about 15 seconds ago. Uh, they, they tweeted this out actually about <clears throat> 11 o'clock this morning that the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum will announce today the public phase of its 89 million, yes, 89 million dollar capital campaign. The stories behind the spectacle uh, to fund a complete transformation of the museum. Now, think about this. This is the first significant renovation to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum in almost 40 years. And I know we were able to, uh, courtesy of Nathan Brown, uh, Indianapolis star, uh, go check his work out there. I know he had some uh, uh, images of what uh, what it's going to look like, what the renovations uh, are going to look like. But uh, the, the uh, museum is obviously look, start kicking off their public phase uh, to raise $89 million. Wow. To uh, renovate uh, the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum, uh, their first uh, significant uh, renovations in the last 40 years. And like I said, I know we looked at some of these still photos uh, that Nathan Brown uh, tweeted out today. And uh, Josh, if if what they're trying to do it comes close or compares to uh, the renovation or the uh, pictures uh, that we've seen today. I can't wait. I think it's not till 2020, 24, 25. I can't remember when they said those would be completed. Uh, but if those renovations look anything similar to what those pictures were that we've seen earlier today, I can't wait uh, to uh, uh, make my way down to the track and go to that museum because I think the renovations, again, if it's anything remotely close, are going to they're going to absolutely knock it out of the park. Oh, definitely. Um, I'm looking at the pictures and the renderings of what it's gonna, what it's supposed to look like. Um, I know there was one where it was, uh, you know, three cars lined up, uh, like on the starting grid, and then overhead they're gonna have what looks like a flyover. Looks looks uh, looks bad. Looks uh, bad. A as, as I would as uh, as we would say, uh, it's gonna be a. Uh, it's going to be a tremendous thing. And to think that they haven't done any renovations to that place in 40 years, uh, just the ideas that, that one could have. Uh, I've been down to Daytona and I've been to Daytona's um, uh, museum for the, for the, uh, for their track and it, it's phenomenal. So uh, I would imagine they probably went down there, looked at, uh, looked at some of their ideas and maybe came up with some of their own ideas. Um, hoping that, uh, you know, they have, have a, have um, I've never been in the actual uh, museum, so I don't know what it looks like. But um, hopefully, hoping they have you know some some lifetime life size cars. Some cool things would be uh, you know some sims that people could either pay to get in or it could be free. You know, get in and see what it's like to go around the track as as close as as close as you could get without getting in that two seater or actually getting in it in a car. Um, but, uh, the, the, the pictures look, the pictures, hopefully they don't, they don't, uh, are my, my description of them don't, don't do it justice. It looks like it's going to be a, one, one heck of a state of the art, uh, facility for, uh, for, 
for celebrating the greatest spectacle in racing. And I, for one, cannot wait. Uh, I'll be uh, one of the first in line to uh, to get in and see it whenever they do open it up. Uh, it'll be interesting with the renovations. Will they be closing the museum uh, so that you know next year you won't uh, you might we might not be able to get in there during the 500 or during the year? But uh, <clears throat> it's going to be awesome. And for there to be what you say, 86 million with an M. $86 million in renovations. That's, that's, uh, that's staggering. That is staggering. I'm a, well, I'm, I'm assuming those are cut. That money's coming from uh, donors from, from around the uh, NTT around the IndyCar series. And also, you know, they make enough money at that track to, uh, to afford it. But $89 million is a staggering fee is a staggering fee. Yeah, definitely. I uh, can't wait to see uh, how far that uh, that eighty million is stretched, and and hopefully those renovations um, and and the uh, animations that we've seen um, do uh, do come to fruition because that that museum is definitely going to knock it out of the park. Love the idea. Uh, if you know me, I'm I'm a huge uh, sim race guy. I I wasn't actually until uh, getting into IndyCar, but now uh, definitely. Uh, can't get can't get enough of it uh, actually looking to invest in a new uh, computer to do that we'll see how that works out but i love the i love the sim idea I absolutely love uh, love the sim idea uh let's get to let's get to our sponsors here real quick we'll knock this out and then uh, i see that uh, mike's here let him uh, uh, gloat about uh, mid ohio since uh, he uh, skipped out on us uh, last week and then uh, we'll talk about uh, toronto uh, this week, and then we'll we'll get on out of here. But uh, as you see, uh, got to have uh, sponsors to make everything possible here, and we have two two great ones that I think you should go check out. First, uh, Always Ready seventeen seventy six. If you're looking for patriotic uh, apparel, headwear, and and more, uh, go check out Always Ready seventeen seventy six dot com. And if you do find something uh, that you that you like and you want to purchase, uh, don't forget right before checkout, use the promo code that you see up on your screen. Uh, push to pass for ten percent off of your order over at Always Ready seventeen seventy six dot com. And then also too, uh, if you're like Josh and you're looking to renovate your home or looking for a new home in general, uh, go over to Getem Associates Incorporated for all your design, build, and remodeling needs. Uh, remember, it's getem.com there on on what the uh, on what the cool kids say, the World Wide Web. Getem.com. And then uh, if you do decide to uh, you know get a re rebuild or redesign or or you know, model model your home, uh, remodel. Maybe your maybe your home looks like the '90s, and you want to uh, you know get it to uh, this day and age. Um, you know, don't forget uh, to mention uh, push to pass, and you will get two hundred and fifty dollars off any design service. Remember that is getem.com for all your design, build, and remodel needs. And then if you are a patriot and you're looking for apparel, headwear, and more, go check out alwaysready1776.com. It is that time where we uh, bring in Mike of uh, Burnout Sports, uh, Burnout Bets, to uh, make us some coin this week. Uh, he did uh, skip out on us last week, so let's uh, let's hear it, Mike. I know you bet the bet the farm on uh, Alex Pillow to uh, continue his winning streak. So now you're on some lavish vacation uh, somewhere. Is that right? <laughs> well, 
Yeah. So I apologize for last week. I, I thought you were having a Fourth of July break. I I was uh I was out of town and I didn't even think uh, that you were doing the podcast. So that's that one's on me. I missed the missed the link. So yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, uh, Mid Ohio was a good week, and yeah, I actually am uh, currently sitting in a beach house for the week. So uh, tough life, right? So um, spending spending some of that polo money uh, out and about uh, here in India Rocks Beach for the week. So. Uh, yeah, last week or Mid Ohio was a really good week. Um, hit a hit uh, hit a bunch of the podium, hit the winner, hit a bunch of matchups. It was a uh, it was a very profitable race. So, looking to uh, stay hot going into Toronto. Well, you know, we he he skipped out uh, last week, and that was probably my apologies. I have to I got to do a better job planning. Uh, took all of his winnings, and now he is on a remote island somewhere in some hangout uh, that is probably members only. I would say, but uh, yeah, uh, we, you know, we were talking about that that Mike there at the beginning. Uh, you know, how can you right now bet against uh, Alec Pillow? How can you? You know, I don't think we've ever we haven't seen this level of dominance. I think since maybe. Uh, Scott Dixon uh, did it a few times, uh, but how can you right now in, in the betting world uh, bet against uh, Alex Pillow and, and what he is doing uh, specifically to basically run away and hide uh, for these last eight races to lock up the title? Uh, I can bet against him. I'm happy to bet against him. I will be betting against him this week. Uh, he sucks at Toronto. I mean, in every race is uh, look when it comes to natural road courses, when it comes to even some of these ovals, uh, no, you can't bet against him. Yeah. And you're crazy if you want to do that. But when it comes to street courses and natural street courses, specifically Toronto, it's not very good. Um, he had one, one good showing at one of these tracks where he started 22nd. I think he got up to like fifth or sixth. Um, that was on some strategy and some luck with some cautions. Um, but, uh, I am happy. I will not have Polo on my betting card this week. I will not be betting Polo. He is nowhere near. Uh, anything I want to bet. So it's a race to race thing. Betting uh, is, is gambling. And, you know, the old saying with the if you're playing the stock market, buy low, sell high, sell high, buy low. I'm ready to sell below. And if I get any kind of uh, matchups in the sports books, it's funny. I, you know, this is, I think we do have uh push the podcast uh, first here. I have odds. I have odds from Caesars on my phone on a Tuesday night for the race. I don't think I've ever seen that or been able to actually talk about odds with you guys. And, of course, you know, Pelot's the favorite. He's a three-to-one favorite on Caesars. I've seen him a little higher elsewhere. Um, but I think that's wrong. Uh, I think Dixon should be the favorite, followed by Herta and Newgarden, who are two, three, four. Um, so the sportsbook's got that part right, but the numbers are a little high. So, so yeah, I think, uh, look, Pelot's probably winning the title. I, I do think it could get a little tight um, because, obviously, we're coming up on two races in Iowa that – you know, Joseph has the potential to win both. If Joseph can get a win this weekend in Toronto, which is a track he's done well at, um, I think things could get a little tighter between the two of them. Uh, but I'll be fading him this week. That is amazing, the fact that we have odds. And I, I, when you said that, I pulled up my phone and there's odds. What on earth? I what what? I wonder why, I wonder because it's Toronto or – what? No, That's it's, just it's, weird. I'll tell you why. It's it's because there's so trivia question, right? Tomorrow is the uh, one of I believe three days that there's no major sporting events, and and so we got the All Star Games on tonight, and then tomorrow there's no baseball, 
There's no hockey. So the guys who make the odds and uh, the sports books out there in the world are bored. And uh, the uh, the list of sports they need to make odds with, IndyCar is usually like on page 10. And uh, since there's no hockey, there's no baseball, there's no ba- – I mean, I guess they're making they're making summer league basketball lines, but there's no actual regular season major sporting events going on. Uh, we got any car odds early. That's that is exactly why. But hey, I don't care. I'll I'll oh. take it. Um, it's it's good for us. So, like I said, Pelosier three to one favorite. Uh, no thank you for me. Dixon at six to one. Newgarden at seven and a half to one. Herta seven and a half to one. Award eight to one. McLaughlin eight and a half to one. Um, Erickson ten to one. Kirkwood nine to one. Power eleven to one. Rossi fourteen to one. That's that's probably as low as you want to go for this race. Maybe Rosenquist is a guy like 18 to one. Um, but really, honestly, for me and any of those guys you want to pick, probably my favorite bet, they do have um, top three odds uh, at Caesars. And Dixon, well, this is interesting because I bet it, and about mm, maybe three hours ago, he was plus 140. He's now down to plus 120. So we're moving lines. He's down to plus 120 to finish top three. Um I liked it better, obviously, at plus, you know, 140, 150. But I still think Dixon top three is is probably going to be my favorite favorite bet of the weekend here, um, at least pre-qualifications. And I think there's also some uh, interesting numbers here. McLaughlin is 200, uh, plus 200, so two to one to finish top three. I think that's another good bet. Um, I like him here. And I like Newgarden. He's plus 175, so um, to finish top three. So, uh, but yeah, no, no Polo. Unfortunately, I don't see any matchups with Polo, which I would have loved to see, like a New Garden versus Polo or a Herda versus Polo or a, I don't know anybody. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no thank you on on Polo for me this week. A couple of matchups they got at Caesars here. The one the one that sticks out to me is probably Rossi over Grosjean, and then Erickson over Kirkwood. I'll go back to that. But otherwise, they put guys together who are who are all. You know, New Garden and Herd, I both expect to do well. I wouldn't touch that just yet. Yeah. And definitely good to uh, get your – So, so Josh, the two <clears> – <throat> Go ahead. Josh, the two, I'll, I'll let you go. The two things that we have learned here in the last in the last five minutes that don't – I don't want you to bet the house on Pillow this week, even though I know you're looking for a new home. Don't bet the house <laughs> on Pillow this week. And two – I think we have a, a push to pass first that we've just learned now how much pull Mike has with the sports books if they've already got odds out. Well, I don't know if I have pull with the sports books, but I did put out on on Twitter and on several other uh, discords about betting the top three on Dixon, and that line definitely dropped 20, 30 points. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know who's got enough money to move it. I don't know how much money would be required to move lines in any car. Uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe that's maybe that's something we got going here. So I would jump on that Dixon top three as, as soon as I could. And, and you know, honestly, McLaughlin is even money for a top five. Even Award being even money for a top five is pretty – if you like Award this week, I don't – you know, he's he's been pushing it kind of and kind of – he's been making stupid mistakes, you know. To, to mess himself up, but award's still fast and he has a good history here as well. But, um, you know, if the guys I identified for this tracker before I saw odds, the guys I was planning to come talk about were Rosenquist, Rossi, uh, Newgarden, McLaughlin, and Dixon. Obviously, Dixon Dixon's just has an amazing history here. 
Um, and I expect Dixon to be strong all week. And I expect Dixon to be on that podium, if not win the whole race. I, I did bet Dixon uh, six and a half to one, uh, as well as the top three already. So your advice would be bet the bet 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 now because the, these odds will definitely change uh, after uh, qualifying, right? Some will get better. Yeah. Some will get worse. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a it it depends always depends on the numbers. Where what I decide to do, like most weekends, it's probably twenty five percent before qualifications, seventy five percent after. Um, especially on tracks where I know that track position matters. Toronto, Toronto is in the middle of the pack and uh, based on the numbers, you know, track position is important. The winner usually comes from the top three uh, in qualifications, but you can also see guys podium and some strategy, uh, some cautions play into effect. Now there's other tracks that that doesn't matter as much, like, you know, for the ovals, for instance, where I might do a little bit more betting uh, after qualifications and, um, but you know, I would, you know, always save your, always save some money in case something goes wonky in qualifications. Like last week, you know, award was a guy I had, I had bet to win the race and he spun it in either the second round or the first round. And obviously he started, I think it was the first round cause he started dead last. Right. So he started, well, except, you know, second to last, uh, but for the Pagano incident. So, um, so stuff like that can happen. Crazy stuff. He gets red flags and all that kind of stuff. So. You got to save a little bit of money for Sunday. Um, you have to be careful with your bankroll, but you know you can save it all for. Sometimes I don't like any numbers. I save it all for Sunday. So it it just really just depends on uh, what the sports books put out there and what the numbers are. But yeah, I think Dixon. I don't think he's ever not made the fast six since we've had fast sixes in Toronto. So that six to one is going to quickly turn into a three, a two, a four, um, if he's starting in the top three or four for sure. Okay. So, Mike, with the news coming out today that uh, Pagano not being not being cleared, which I think that's just a uh, you know the, uh, precautionary. I think uh, any any chance you would even consider maybe even maybe a dart play uh, Bloomquist, knowing uh, the uh, experience he's had on different. Uh, different circuits I, I know obviously it's not indycar uh but uh, any 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 chance at all you throw money at him no it's a non-issue for betting honestly this is this is how much the sports books pay attention pagino is still listed here bloomquist is not even on here uh so pagino is 150 to one bloomquist will slot in at 300 or four or 500 to one with the it's pretty crazy that Stingray Rob is seven hundred and fifty to one, um, and and Devlin is three hundred to one, and Peterson's five hundred to one. I mean, that is pretty insane uh, numbers. Um, but I mean, these guys don't have any. They're they're, you know, they're going to need a, let me call it a Danica type win, uh, some sort of crazy yellow fuel mileage, something stupid happens, and they get incredibly lucky at the end of the race type deal which, you know, happens once every 100 races, but you'll go broke chasing that. Now, I guess Derek... I, I, just, did, I just didn't know if, you know, if that would be a dart play. No, I would say, like, if... Yeah, if I just didn't know if that would be a dart play or something. If the, if the sports books give me a, a, a matchup where it's a regular driver versus him, give me the regular driver, even if it's Stingray. Even if it's 
you know, Augustine or, or Benjamin, like, give me, you know, I've, it, I don't know, he, he, you know, he's, he's highly likely to put the car on the wall at some point or another and, and, and be off the track. Maybe not, or maybe he, you know, he couldn't, you never know. He could, uh, you have to kind of listen to see what he says. Um, if he's just going to try to take care of it, keep it off the wall, then, you know, maybe it's worth betting him against somebody because he's just going to, you know, take it easy, go in circles and somebody else might be a little more aggressive. Um, so there's those possibilities. You never know. You know, you, it's always about what the sports books are willing to post, but I have a feeling the sports books won't have any idea he's even racing. We won't see his name on the odds boards. Good stuff. Uh, good. Yeah. Good stuff for sure. Um, I don't know if you and Tony have talked about it yet, obviously uh, any uh, spaces, uh, this weekend, uh, night before race, anything for people to look out for? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, no, we'll, we'll probably definitely do a spaces on Sunday. Uh, maybe something Saturday night. Um, one way or the other, we'll get something out there for everybody to listen to mid Ohio. Uh, you know, we had, uh, obviously made a lot of people, a lot of money. We got a ton of good feedback on that. Uh, cause we, most of our recommendations hit both Tony's and I, um, and uh, so we'll definitely do something. So keep an eye out on the Burnout Bets Twitter as well as the at any underscore bet. Uh, it's probably the easiest place to just look. I'll retweet it all and tweet it out. Uh, so if you don't miss the if you miss the live and get the recording. Uh, and then uh, the F1 Money Gang is out there. I don't know if you guys know who those guys are. Uh, they're doing a podcast. Um, they're probably going to have me on to get some indie betting stuff. They're a big F1 betting conglomerate um, and do a lot of F1 stuff. And they're starting to dabble in some indie car betting. So um Keep an eye on the Twitter, and we'll, we'll post it all. No no threads, just Twitter. I don't know if we're on threads yet. Too much for me. I, I'm dealing with all that stuff just yet. <laughs> I think Derek may be frozen over there. Oh, there he is. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, good stuff out, and then uh, – Follow uh, Twitter this weekend, uh, obviously, uh, especially if they're going to be putting uh, betting lines out uh, early. Uh, I can only imagine uh, the intense work Mike's going to have on his hands if they're going to put uh, lines out uh, this early. But, uh, Mike, good stuff as always. Uh, thank you as always for joining us, and we'll talk to you uh, uh, one week from now with our uh, pockets a little fuller uh, than this week. What's well, so up? Good luck, guys. Take care. See ya. Good stuff, Josh. Good stuff there. As always, uh, we were able to uh, get everything in, uh, give everyone a little bit of preview, and then uh, hopefully uh, everyone will follow Mike there on uh, on social media. And uh, as you say, uh, uh, put a little extra shekels uh, in their pocket there as people may have vacations coming up, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, Josh, anything else uh, that you want to get to here, you want to hit on uh, before we get to uh, the closer and the uh, checkered flag uh, for this for this episode? Nope, I'm gonna go drink me a liter of cola and uh, and uh, you know watch the rest of this uh, this All Star game and uh, uh, get ready for work in the morning. Eh? We didn't put enough A's in here on this. Uh, yeah, on yeah, we. Did. I was just, I was just thinking. I was just, yeah, I was just thinking that. Eh, we didn't get enough A's, but uh, hopefully we can uh, we can make up uh, for that uh, this weekend. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, make sure you uh, like and uh, subscribe to all of the. Uh, social media 
uh, networks uh, that uh, that we are on that uh, we can be found on and then uh, you know pay attention to uh, twitter and such uh, this weekend uh, for updates stories news anything that breaks we will definitely have it for you so uh, for myself and Josh and everyone else here that makes up the Push to Pass podcast, that does it uh, for this episode. I do see the checkered flag, so we do need to get to the show closer, and then we will be back one week from now to discuss everything that took place at the Honda Indy Toronto. So until a week from now, so long, everybody. IndyCar is north of the border for the first time in three years. Welcome to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The fans have turned up in a huge way this weekend. Largest crowd we've had since the late 90s. The show's going to be a good one. Is this track? It is not easy. I'm hoping to get finished today, buddy. Copy that. Here we go from Tio. Dixon is going to duck right in behind. Newgarden takes a look. Nothing there. Rossi trying to sweep around the outside. Plus 1.1 over Dixon. Do a good job. Look out for those tires. Award sending it inside of Grosjean. And Rosenquist to the inside. They're going to make oh. contact, and Rossi is into the wall. He just hit me out. Go ahead and turn it off, Alex. You okay? I'm fine. That's... Wow. Pelot around the outside with his teammate, Erickson and Pelot. Might have bumped. Still trying to squeeze through. Erickson maintains the position. Kirkwood and Jimmy Johnson together, and they aren't going to make it through. Jimmy turned down on me. Just got to watch out for the safety behind you. I'm oh, good, man. Don't stress. How aggressive will Hurta get? This is 20 to go at the line, 20 to go at the line. That's lights out on a pace car. Let's get ready for a restart. Back to green in Toronto. Good jump for Scott Dixon. And then side by side, Ray Hall going for a spot on McLaughlin. And I think he's got him. Guys, this is a championship drive for Marcus Erickson right now. He's kept it cool. He's kept it calm and controlled. Pelot looks to the inside of turn eight. It's going to be a tough one. Oh, Pelot, get out of my way. Lots of patience. He's got time. No pressure. Remember the championship? Hurt is saving even more now. Hurt is having to save more, but he's going to turn up to defend, and he's on the struggle bus with his rear tires here. Let's go get him. One more good lap. History made. Win number 52. Scott Dixon has tied Mario Andretti for the second most wins in IndyCar history. Great job today, Scott. That's the way you do it, man. Well done, everybody. Boys and girls, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you.